What's good, creative people? Welcome to Creative Haven, a weekly podcast that explores creativity and how to build brands through creative content, marketing, and advertising. My name is Mitchell Dumlau, a director, artist, and entrepreneur that loves to help people value their creativity and find their flow state. Now let's get those creative juices flowing. Hey everyone, I am really thrilled about my next guest because it's my really good friend from college, James Shen, that has been growing with me ever since my early 20s. So it's always good to remember where you came from and how much you've evolved. So speaking with James on this interview and seeing his success makes me happy to know that I've surrounded myself with the right people in my life that continue to hone their crafts and live their life on their own terms as artists and creatives. We also founded LA Street Art Gallery together and it reminds me of my roots as an artist and graffiti enthusiast. And to see his growth with the Paint the Town podcast is just really cool to have someone in my life that continues to pursue their creative passions and at the same time, keep it at a professional level. So in his own words, James is a former corporate slave turned independent creative entrepreneur. His ventures include LA Street Art Gallery, Pioneer Solutions Americas, Paint the Town Podcast, Go Spray Paint, and not to mention a growing career in music production and DJing. In this episode, we talk about his journey from a pharmaceutical sales rep to a music producer and why it's important to pursue your passion even though no one is supporting you how all artists have different goals and should define their own success on happiness rather than attaching it to material outcomes, the importance of working on your craft every single day to prepare yourself for big opportunities, his three tips on what keeps anyone happy, and why it's important to interconnect your passions with every aspect of your life so you're consistently improving your craft, growing towards your ultimate goals, and staying authentic to your true self. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends who you think would like this episode. And for those looking to learn about video content creation and strategy, I have a free online training that'll teach you everything you need to know to create effective video content to grow your brand. From developing a content strategy to creating videos like a pro to optimizing your social media posts to get the most traffic, it's an amazing course I put together based on years of experience helping companies grow their brands online through video content. And I wanted to give this to you for free because I really believe in the power of video and how it can really empower others to tell their stories and spread their messages and grow their brand and businesses and their careers through content. So if you're interested, please visit services.thecreativehaven.com slash free training. That's services.thecreativehaven.com slash free training. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Creative Haven. I'm here with James Shen, one of my oldest friends. And we actually have known each other ever since college. So he knows a little bit too much about me. We know a little bit too much about each other. <laughs> but we've blossomed from college into just creative professionals. And James, he and I, we created LA Street Art Gallery and he's taken it into other levels with the Paint the Town podcast. Shout out to Teach. And also he has a, mon- I would say like a DJ artist slash, you know, brand where uh, you have all types of music. We don't want to just like pigeonhole you in one genre. But, you know, a lot of great success in that too. Just a producer that I've actually been really um, inspired by because I've seen him grow from just being a DJ all the way into producing. But before we get into it, I want you to uh, tell tell the audience, James, you know, what was that moment that really changed everything in your life? Man, you know, actually, I was just thinking about this and I had been DJing for a very, very long time. And, you know, just taking it as a casual hobby, actually. Actually, like, you know, when when I was in college, I was, uh, admired Mitchell when he was DJing all our fraternity parties and things like that. And I was like, man, I wish I could actually be a very dynamic DJ like Mitchell 
where I could spin multiple genres. And, you know, D- Mitchell was always very good at uh, scratching and hip hop. And also, you know, anybody can DJ electronic dance music. Let's be really honest. Like, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but anyway, so there was this moment where I met this dude when I was in Thailand partying for one of the moon festivals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then um, I was hanging out with my high school buddy. He had just gotten divorced and he wanted to go to Thailand and I wanted to make sure I kept an eye on him wait, so he wouldn't go too crazy. So I was at this festival and there was a DJ named Randy Seidman, actually, who was DJing that festival. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, I know this dude from L.A., man. Like, what the hell is he doing uh, DJing this festival? So, you know, we enjoyed the festival and it just so happened that I was actually staying at the same resort as this dude as well, too. So I managed to catch up with him and just like, hey, Randy, you remember me? You know, you know, I mean, he was like so cool to like actually like remember me. And I was just telling him, hey, you know, just, you know, not to name drop time, but I used to work with Matt Derry and then, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and do, uh, you know, other big DJs and just kind of do events and interviews and things like that. And I was thinking about getting back into it, but it's been so long. I feel like I'm so old now that you know, I, I feel like maybe my time has passed. He was just like, hey, man, look, just jump back in, man. Like, you know, and then for me, it was just like this invisible things like telling me like, hey, you're too old. It's, it's your time mm. has passed. Like, you know, you've already given up that life. You know, to be honest, I'm like, dude, if I didn't run into you in Thailand, I wouldn't think that like there would be bigger opportunities. You know, I just see the same DJs and same promotion companies coming through LA and it's controlled by the system Mm. in LA, you know, but it's like, Hey, you can go explore the world and perform your art for whoever around the world. And if they can't appreciate you or you can't get that opportunity in your uh, home city, then uh, maybe you should take your act on the road and just go, go out and meet people, man. It's like, I always say, it's like, if you're a trumpet player, you go out and you play trumpet. I mean, you can't get any opportunity. You're still a trumpet player if you go to Europe, if you go to Asia, you, you know what I mean? If, yeah. you're, if you're good, like people are mm-hmm. going to want to play with you basically, mm-hmm. you know? So it's really kind of just uh, that moment just really changed my life because first of all, it was like, you know, your peers kind of like welcoming you. I think having the respect of your peers is very important in this creative game basically, right? I mean, that's the reason why I do it actually. You know, to prove myself that, hey, like I belong with this echelon of artists, you know. So, yeah, that was one of the moments that changed my life, man. Definitely. No, I love that. I love that because like for me, it was the same thing. I always thought that, oh, yeah, it's a hobby. My parents say it's a hobby. Everyone who's in the quote unquote professional world, when I say I'm a DJ at a party, they're like, oh, you're a DJ. You're that guy. What what weddings have you done lately? (laughs) And some people don't consider it as an art form or being a musician. And it's just somebody pressing buttons on stage. Right. It's just a human jukebox. Yeah. Especially nowadays. It's gotten Especially easier nowadays. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but what's cool about your story is that I know that you also come from the corporate world, also like marketing and also um, sales. I used to be a pharmaceutical rep. Yeah. Working for the man, dude. Okay. Like the- <laughs> <laughs> selling pharma. By this time, you would have been selling vaccines. But uh, it's, it's crazy to think about it. But, you know, you had this passion back in college and you always had it to DJ and, and music. And then you, you found success in the corporate world, you know, like built this international sales team with Pioneer. And during that time, you were DJing. But like you said, you felt like, okay, this wasn't really something that was considered as a profession or a career until that moment where we all as artists and creative professionals out there realize, man, if I say that I'm a, a painter, if I say I'm a trumpet player, if I say I'm a DJ and I DJ, and I do it in a, part, in a, in a point where I'm act, I get to play somewhere. doesn't matter how many views, how many listens, how many streams, 
how many albums I drop. That's my profession. And I should be proud to be an artist, proud to be a creative because I get to do something I'm lo- I love. You know, that validation though, it really, really, it's like, hey, um, at what point do you become a professional? At what, what point is it a hobbyist? You, you know what I mean? Because I always say like, dude, good is the enemy of great, right? Okay. A lot of people are good, man. Okay. But mm-hmm. if you want to be great, that's a decision you have to make. Oh, you, you know what I mean? You have to decide, hey, I want to be great. I want, I want to be one of the greats. I want I belong in that echelon, that clique of artists that are doing it for real. Like, you know what I mean? So the, the point is like, even if you're just a wedding DJ, it's okay. If that's your passion and that's your hobby, I love seeing people in love and doing it for the dance floor. But you know, maybe I don't want to play Michael Jackson every time. Like, you know, you know I mean, maybe I don't want to play the step to the right every, every time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So artistically, it depends on like how, uh, what, what it takes for you to be satisfied because everybody has different goals, you, you know? And, um, for me, it's just like, you know, I got to a point where I was like, well, we can keep on doing these like bar gigs, um, you know, the opener DJ slot uh, gig at the, at the club. You, you know what I mean? But it's like, hey, man, like I want to know, like, how do I get to be that main headliner, man? And, you know, at the end of the day, I hate to repeat a lot of people. A lot of people probably have said in this podcast, but it is that 10,000 hours rule, man. You know what I mean? Put your fucking head down. Get better. If you're not good enough you will be good enough if you put in the fucking work, you know, find your click, you know, get a mentor, you know, find out somebody who's been in the industry. Like people's always say it's like lucky. Oh, that guy's so lucky to have made it right. It's like, you know what? Luck is where opportunity meets preparation. That's what luck is. Right. So before you have your opportunity or before you create that opportunity on your own, make sure you're well fucking prepared because when you're on tour and they're asking you for fucking 10 songs, you don't want to have to go to a ghost producer and be like, hey, man, like I, I'm on a block, you know, I, I can't like then then you lose your authenticity as an artist or yeah. it, like I said, it depends on what your goals are. If you want to be the pretty girl DJing and people are sharing and, you know, you have a team of ghost producers behind you, hey, you know, you know what, like do it for the gram, <laughs> you, you know, but like it's OK. But like I said, for me personally, like I want to be respected by like artists that, you know, I felt like they're my heroes, you you know, I want to be in that same class. So it's just like, there's just a path that you got to take. And uh, it's just about putting your head down and getting good at something, man. You know, that's right. And the thing is too, about DJ now is that it's like you say, you just mentioned it right now. It's the idea of marketing because nowadays, even with artists and just a lot of, even other professional sports now, like people who are fighters or whatnot, like if you have a great following online, like if you're able to get streams, views, likes, engagement, you can actually jump over and actually skip a lot of years of hard work of paying dues. Look at Jake Paul, right? Look at Jake Paul, exactly. You know, and his brother, you know what I mean? But it also goes to show you though, like the, the institution kind of holds these uh, people who are there in such high regards that actually they're just like gatekeepers. Because they, like, for example, I mean, I know that Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whatever is like way bigger than... Mayweather and like uh, Woodley that they're fighting. But the point is like, we kind of get marketed to them that they're this elite fighter. They're unstoppable. Nobody, they're the best in the world or whatever. And then in reality, somebody who is not as like talented can actually like stand toe to toe to them. So to me, that kind of like breaks down their, the walls a little bit. And it's just like the music industry before, like we had these like record labels and everybody kind of blocking you saying like, these guys are so good. You're not the real professional. But nowadays it's just like, dude, just upload your shit on YouTube or Spotify and mm-hmm. then like figure out how to get those plays, you know? 
And, uh, you, you know, that that's the true thing when people enjoy and keep on coming back to it right at the end of the day, right? So, that's right. That's why that's why the YouTube and Spotify and SoundCloud has really done is democratize everything. Because then a lot of folks that back in the day would have to get an A&R to get interested in their music, to then get them signed to a label and then play a couple shows, drop an album, drop an EP, and then hope that, you know, you sell a million records, go platinum. And that was like old school. Now, now it's the, you know, it's a stream game. Also the social media game. And also like how many times can you like get people to do your dance on TikTok or whatnot? Like the, <laughs> game, the game has changed in so many ways that success is tough to measure. It's all really what you measure for yourself. Because for you, like when it comes to the DJ game now, like what you've seen with music and marketing and DJing, what has changed over the years that has now helped you realize how you have to change your game? Like, how have you evolved with the game these days? Well, you know, everybody, like when they start off this, like a uh, DJ goal, they're like, I want to DJ EDC or I want to DJ Coachella, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's a lot of people's goals, right? But what I've kind of learned, and, you know, to be honest, those are still my dreams, you know, and I'll die trying to get them. But what I've learned is that those big gigs should be symptoms of your success, not actually uh, your goal. You, you know what I mean? Because Love there's it. tons of festivals everywhere. You know, and it's kind of just like if you're a corporate guy and you're like, I want to be the president of Coke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, that's your goal. Like, that, that just seems like so silly if you're a corporate guy, right? You know what I mean? It's like maybe you want to be like the CEO in the beverage industry or a, a leader in the beverage industry. It's yeah. like, but why do you specifically want to like be the CEO of Coke? It just like, right, that right. would be a weird thing, right? You know, I'm the, but that's literally kind of like what you're saying when you want to play EDC. There's tons of festivals around the world, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but if you're like, I want to play Sahara Tent, main stage, main <laughs> peak <laughs> hour. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that's kind of like, it's just like, it's a possibility, you yeah. know what I mean? But the opportunities, it's just like, all right, I want to be the fucking CEO of LinkedIn, dude. And mm -hmm. how do I start? Like, you know what I mean? To me, it's like, that would be a silly thing to ask a business mentor. So it's kind of just like, think just reframing what your success is, you, you know? And you have to really celebrate the small wins too. Yeah. I really want to share this on your podcast. Actually. For sure, I'm doing tell me. This thing called uh, The Artist's Way, the book. Okay. Oh, I love that book. Um, oh, you've done it before. I don't know. I haven't done it. I just read that book. It's a good book. Okay. Well, I actually went through the, it's like a, a 12 week exercise and I'm actually on week 10 basically right now. Nice. Okay. And then just, just kind of literally just doing every single step of the way. And you know, you know, the biggest thing, I hate books, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to study or anything like that. My, one of my production partners, he was doing it and he asked, he was listening to the uh, audio book and he kind of just asked me, he's like, Hey, do you want to do this? Uh, activity with me. And I just, I'm an old school guy. I like hardcover shit. You know what I mean? So like I bought the hardcover book and I just started doing the activities every single week. And I'll tell you right now, I just highly recommend this book. I feel super confident. I have a path that I've created that leads to success. And it's not like, Hey, what if, or hopefully, or, you know, mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I like have to take the time to accomplish these tasks and I will get there to where I want to be. You, you know, so uh, highly right. recommend the artist, the artist way if you're doing it. If you, you, you know, I know books aren't for a lot of artists. It's not, you know, the, the grittiest or the edgiest thing to do. But uh, like I said, I was a little bit skeptical and I got a lot out of this book, man. So uh, highly recommend it to your audience. Now, I love that book because the, his follow-up book, The Artist's Journey, was really good too. And that was okay. like, it's the follow-up of when you have the artist's way, 
you figure it out, okay, I want to be an artist. And then from there, it's like, you know, you're an artist, you have the craft down, you have your talent and your skills and you're working on it every day. Then after that, it's like, what's going to keep you going, right? And it's the idea that your mission in life actually is to take the ethereal or whatever comes from the higher heavens or something that normal folks can access. And you as an yeah. artist are in charge of taking whatever ideas come from this ethereal energy or higher place. And you are given this task to bring it down to earth, to make it palpable, to make it easy to re relate to, easy to consume, easy to understand. And it's that journey between you and the heavens or where ideas come from down to earth to give that idea, to give that expression and art to the people. And it's crazy to think about how you said this because I'm going through the same thing with filmmaking and also DJing too, because I think that after a while, you know, I, I've learned that with, with DJing, it's, I always wanted to be, of course, festivals all around the world, right? When I was DJing around LA, it always became, all right, when I DJ in LA, I do it because it's my job. So I practice. And when I practice for my job, now that I don't have any gigs, now that I, and I, I don't feel now the need to DJ. And I lost that spark because I'm like, I don't have anything to DJ for. Then the other day I realized, no, I just want to just throw something on. And I got lost for four hours. Oh, dude, that's amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I realized that sometimes with the craft, if you have it as a job or a career, or you have this goal to become the world's best DJ and everything, when you do get it, like let's say it becomes the, your, your career path, you do actually have it as part of your job. There is still the idea of, are you going to lose that passion for it? Do you still want to play around with your craft? Do you still want to see it as something that brings you happiness? Or do you still feel as like, oh, this is something that I'm going to get paid for. So every single moment of my life that I spend on this craft has to be towards making money or before to building my name. You know, another thing that I, I learned in this book, man, is that, um, you know, especially in LA, because things are so expensive and, uh, you know, it's, cost of living is so high. Mm -hmm. It's like we constantly really, really worry about, am I going to get paid for this? How much, you know, is it going to be worth it to me? Because like our time is very, very valuable. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I, I kind of learned was that in this book was like artists who work, work more. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm not advocating that you should just for, do it for the exposure, mm -hmm. but if you're constantly kind of like always doing doing the DJing, people will see that you're DJing and then give you more work because they really, truly associate you with uh, the craft, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course there's a delicate balance, man. Like, you know, artists, we don't get paid enough for the, you know, a lot of times what we do, but uh, it's just something, you know, you know, to remind ourselves that it's like, it's good to have multiple hobbies to not hobbies, but just like missions or goals that you're working on to kind of diversify what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about that then, because I know that we've been into DJing and of course the idea of producing, which I want to get, I want to get into, I wanted you to talk about shenanigans, but you know, we also have street art gallery, you know, LA street art gallery yeah. and, and street art and you as a podcast host, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like juggling those two, how has each helped each other out, you know, as you as a podcast host and LA street art gallery, and of course, shenanigans as being a producer. For sure. Well, everything I do is all connected. You know, it may not seem that way, but it actually is. My corporate gig, I founded an office here called Pioneer Solutions America. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to break it down like every single aspect. So everything is like wide open. Okay. Yeah. We manufacture acrylic uh, in China. And then I sell it to companies like PPG, Sherwin-Williams, 
Revlon, when you have your, you have your nails, basically in order to have that glossy look, you got to dissolve acrylic. And you're thinking like, dude, what the hell does this have to do with music? Right. You know, but let me tell you that basically has to do with paint. Right. And then one of the, one of my projects that I do is we started a uh, paint line, a graffiti line called ghost spray paint. Right. Mm -hmm. So directly right there, I need the acrylic to go inside these paint products. I have the contact for these, uh, for these paint companies. Not a lot of people in the art industry do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a paint company, um, that we just started at, for LA Street Art Gallery. They're our official paint and, uh, you know, we're sponsoring different artists, right? So the artists use these paint for their projects, right? And then they have art shows, right? And then, um, we're sponsoring the art shows, right? And then we have the podcast that introduces the artists, right? And then it's sponsored by the paint, right? And then, um, you know, as the DJ, whenever we have uh, this podcast, we have events every now and then, right? So yeah. guess who's DJ in the events? I'm DJ in the events, mm -hmm. you know? And then like, it gives me an opportunity for me to showcase my music live and also on the podcast where we have a fresh audience of people who are just here for the artists. You know, I slip in my new single, which I hope to slip in too, you know, yeah, on, on yeah. this podcast, right? So as you can see, it's like, I kind of organize my life as like, all right, well, all these things are connected. So none of them are like unimportant. None of them are like hobbies. You know what I mean? It's like with, with the success of one area, I'll have a success in other areas because uh, the podcast has, you know, been really successful, actually. Like I went to a French artist showing this past weekend and he was just like uh, telling me, he's like, dude, everybody knows about your podcast, man. Like in the art world, man, like, <laughs> trust me, like, you know, we're going to have him on Tuesday, Artist Obua. Love it, you know, and and then uh, we're gonna, you know, so it's cool. Just it's just like you, we started just kind of like doing it on when we had time, man. But you, you know, and I was just saying the teacher, uh, my co-host, that uh, you know, at a show, I was like, dude, man, you know, there's so little information about this community, and you have so much respect. Like we can just get people in the studio and then just hang out, and then people can kind of like get an idea of who these artists are, and that it'll promote the work, and then uh, we can sponsor artists with the paint. So it just mm -hmm. all goes into one, one, like, you know, think about like Joe Rogan, right? He had on it, right? You know, I mean, he started on it and he has his podcast and he has his comedy and he's the UFC commentator. These are all things that don't seemingly work together, but they actually do. So I think that the reasons why podcasts are successful is because you kind of like merge different groups that wouldn't normally kind of bring together. And then you get to hear conversations between these uh, different kind of like smaller groups and they're maybe a little bit niche, but people want to know about them, you know, or want to know about these secretive artists that, you know, go in the middle of the night and like, uh, you know, bomb the street and leave like the street, this wonderful art, you know? So I think just do what you love, man. It sounds so cliche, but uh, you know, like I said, it's just uh, one of those do what you love and you won't work a day in your life kind of, you know, I never feel like I'm working, man. Like I always feel like I'm just like, doing shit that needs to be done, you know? <laughs> love that. I love the way you put that because you have made all parts of your life connected because then that makes sure that you stay the line in each one of those areas because you stay passionate, if you stay motivated, knowing that if you work the corporate job, you're able to work that angle, make the corporation and make the company successful. At the same time, while it's successful, LA Street Art Gallery is successful, DJing career is successful, everything aligns with each other and you're able to have this ultimate kind of like trifecta of your skills because your skills are sales, right? And those skills are also marketing. And then you have also your art. So you have with you, you have the gift of gab, man. I mean, that's why you have a podcast. 
at the same time, like you're, you're a producer. So you produce, you know, music. So you're an artist, you're, you, comp- you compose at the same time, like you have the gift of gab, but you're good with people. And then of course, you have your marketing background and the sales and it, all of it, putting it together. How are you able to, I guess, put on those different hats and be, get in that flow? You know, that flow state, like when you, when you sure. have to get on a, on a podcast and you have to go with this French artist, right? You need to get into that flow or you didn't produce that song or you need to go and talk to this new vendor, whatnot. How do you get into your flow so that you perform the best? You know what? It took me a really, really long time to, I want to call it actualize. Okay. Because before I would be like, all right, I got to put on my chemist hat and now I got to put on my DJ hat over here. And you know, the, my, I feel most comfortable just, you know, as, as an artist. Okay. I'm not really, I, I don't really like to attend like corporate functions. Like the other day I had to go spend seven hours on a boat to watch the blue angels fly in hunting in Newport beach. You know I mean? In a corporate <laughs> setting to me, it's like, it's cool. I'm down to do it. You know, it's the responsibilities of my job. Right. But nowadays, actually all the people who I'm around in the chemical industry, they know I'm an artist too, because I can't hide the podcast. It's a lot, exactly. a lot of times, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like large celebrities have been on the podcast before and like, you, you know, it's out there, man. It's, it's out there. And then people will just ask me about it. And then I'm just like, what I've found now is that I could just be open, man. I'm just me, man. I'm not doing anything that that's like bad. Everybody know, who knows me personally knows I'm a fucking huge stoner. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Okay. And we're all stuck the way here, man. I mean, look, it's, 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 you're in California. We're all good here. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. And first of all, it's legal now, which made exactly. actually that split a lot easier because I always used to feel like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like pretend not to be like, or, or whatever. Now it's like, thank God we've, we've like all been, we're more progressive about that. You, you know what I mean? But again, it's just like, easier to not have to constantly put on different hats mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you, you know, because then you have to be somebody that you're not for a little bit, even if that's part of you, but you're not hundred percent comfortable. And then you're feeling like you're working. Like, uh, you, you know that. what I mean? For me, I'm just like, now that I have the confidence in all the areas, I am a, like a successful entrepreneur. I am a, a good music producer. I'm a good DJ. Like, okay, well, I'm, I, I am all these things. Like, you, you know, if you're interested, we can talk about those things, but maybe we're not in the, the right setting to talk about uh, certain things. You know, you just have to, but like I said, I just found that like, it literally, you know, split my mind in the past when I had to put on different hats. That works for a little bit, but I'm just saying in the long run, I feel like you're actually kind of like, uh, just not being 100% authentic always. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And you know, the greatest people that we look up to, the the celebrities that we look up to, they're all Renaissance men mm-hmm. or Renaissance women. You, you know, they're not just, I'm an actor. It's like, usually it's like, hey, I'm an actor. I got my tequila brand. You know what I mean? I, I'm a spokesperson for for this. You know, it's because talent is talent, man. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, there's just not a lot of people who are willing to just put their head down and get good at things. Like, you know, people want to have the appearance of, being good at something a lot of times, like, you know, or have people like look at me, like I'm doing this, you know, not you're doing it for other people to see instead of just your own enjoyment. Right. So it, so I'm just saying like, for me, maybe other people don't recommend this, but for me, at least it's just like, Hey, I just be a hundred percent authentic, man, because people can smell it when you're just like inauthentic. And, you know, it, it's like, I feel sorry for people that have to hide right. certain aspects of, of themselves to different people because it must be tiring. You know what I mean? And, no, I feel uh, you, man. Getting in a flow state, man, at the end of the day, for me personally, 
Uh, you know, I got to write my three morning pages every single day. I got to do my 100 push-ups every single day, Boom. You, you know, in the morning. And then I always say that after I've done that, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in the entire day. No matter what, that's, <laughs> I, nobody wants to do 100 push-ups in the morning, man. Yeah, so, I did, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, but if you do that, then you're just like, all right, I just earned my, uh, you, you know. Your play time. <laughs> play time. And then I can just like, you know, just continue on. Everything seems a little bit easier, man. So uh, uh, that's my morning. I, that's new, actually, man. You, you know what I mean? But I've been doing it for ever since I started the, the book, you know, t like 10 weeks already of uh, 100 push-ups a day. Slowly working up to that, I actually started off at like 25. But I figured I was like, dude, if you're old man and you can still do 100 push-ups a day, like... Yeah. That's good. You're you're on a good uh, uh, trajectory. That's right. You're gonna have right? to take so. off your shirt like at the end of this podcast. I don't have to see these pecs. <laughs> all right. I know there's all audio hey, look, and everything. I still, like to, I, I, st I still like to eat a lot, man. Okay. So right. you, you know, I mean, I gotta. You got the Daniel Cormier body, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the DC. God damn, dude. I know. I'm just like, why can't this guy get fit? He's literally one of the baddest people in the world, man. We love but you, no, DC. Actually, <laughs> But actually, you're a nice guy. I love, I love all this. That we're getting to the idea of like success and being yourself and being aligned. And so, for you being in the in the world, all these all these worlds, and just being like you know your whole journey, man. Because we've we've been on this been on this journey for a while, being you, yeah. we're, and we're gonna keep being on this journey. For you, what's your def? What, what do you think of success? What's your definition of success as an artist or just a person in general, dude, man? I mean, at the end of the day, happiness for. A lot of people, and believe it or not, everybody thinks I'm a super happy guy, man, and I am, but happiness is, takes work, okay? And every single day, if I can, like, just be happy, then I've succeeded, okay? Uh, you, you know I what that. I mean? <clears throat> okay, and uh, this is what I've learned recently. You only need something to love, something to do, and something to look forward to, to be happy, basically. Okay, Ooh. so if you have those three things, all right, something to love, something to do and something to look forward to, like you'll, you'll be happy. Okay. So I'm just, as a person who has in the past, and we can, in another podcast, dive into this a little bit deeper, uh, dealt with a lot of fucked up things that have happened to him, you know, depression and things like that because of these fucked up things happening. Um, I, I don't take being happy for granted at all. And every single day I work at it, you know, you know what I mean? And I love uh, that, man. I just, I just, uh, that's my, priority every single day to make sure I'm happy. You know, everything else is like, it doesn't matter, man. Like it, it really doesn't, you, yeah. you know, I mean, whether it's like, Hey, you run your family or, or whatever, or maybe your family's fucked up and you don't want to be around them. I, who knows? But the point is like, like I said, I kind of, I've been pondering that it's like, you just need something to love, something to do and uh, something to hope for. You, you know, I think that that's pretty solid of like what um, entails happiness. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Man, so that, that's profound, man, because I think a lot of folks out there, uh, they've lost the idea of what happiness really means with social media and comparing yourself to others. And also like the, the chase for appreciation and significance and success and money and all that. And just being happy is a lot. I know it's like a cliche thing to say, like, Hey, just be happy. We forget sometimes that happiness is a state. Like if you say you want to be happy, like you can just in this moment choose in your emotional state to be happy, whether you could play something, eat something, or just, you know, use meditation, whatever it is, uh, happiness is a choice. And we can't just think that if we get this job or work for Coke as CEO or get Sahara, <laughs> GJ in the Sahara tent, uh, Coachella, that we're going to be happy. Like you'd be happy right now. 
but I like well, yeah, again, those, those are those are symptoms of like your whole success. Plus, don't let's not discount being happy is a fucking hard thing, man. Yes, it is. You, you, you know what I mean? It's not easy, man. Okay, but it is a decision. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, if your life is like really, really fucked up, mm-hmm. like people always say, it's like, all right, well, like, you know, are you gonna die? I mean, shit, man. Maybe death's happiness for some people too. Like, you, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, like, you, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying that, like, uh. Like, you know, if you have something to look forward to every single day, if you have a roof over your head, uh, dude, you know, people have been in worse situations, man. Like, right. <laughs> you know, you know, I've been able to move out of it. And uh, I'm going to quote our boy Tupac. OK, you know, I mean, say, it, say you, it. you know, through every dark night, there's a bright day after that, you know, because like uh, that's me against the world, you know, 1995. Love it. <laughs> that, you know what? That's a great way to end it. To me, honestly, um. Talking to you, James, always been a, it just, it grounds me because it reminds me of like where I came from and also my journey as an artist and not forgetting about that. And it's re- one of the reasons why I started this podcast because I never had a podcast where I can listen to creative professionals talk about, you know, how they got there, you know, because we always just back in the day, we didn't, like some, some kids these days, y'all Gen Zers and some millennials out there, you're really lucky to have YouTube to see people who have made it. When I was growing up, like you would just see it on like MTV read it in a magazine and it just seems so foreign, so unattainable. But for you to go on like YouTube and be like, oh, this kid who's 19 just made a million dollars off of Amazon. You're like, oh, okay, so it's possible. I'm just saying like back in the day, you know, imagine trying to learn how to DJ without YouTube. Imagine, you know, there's, or learn how to music produce without YouTube. I mean, like literally every single time I, you know, meet with my mentor, I have a Zoom conference with him and we share a screen and we go over my music. Like literally, even before the pandemic, it's not that popular to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So technology is just working towards our advantage and just, you know, do what you love, man, because it's like at the end of the day, that's the most authentic thing. And then if people dig it, people dig it, man. And if people dig what you, you're doing just to like, you're emulating somebody else and they're not digging you. So just do, do what you feel like, you know, you're doing for music production, you know, don't get pigeonholed. Armin Van Buren once said, don't be a prisoner of your own style, man. And he's a prisoner of his own style, man. Mm. Okay? You know what I mean? Like he can't, if he wanted to do a hip hop record, like he can't do it. You know, <laughs> he, he literally can't. He's not allowed to. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, just remember that, man. And, uh, you know, whatever DJ you're looking up to, whatever music producer you're looking up to, I, I've always like, you know, like looked at their advice and just wondering like, oh, when will my day come or whatever? At the end of the day, like, you know, you're going to write hundreds, thousands of songs. You're going to DJ like small shitty gigs before like you're going to do like the big gigs. I'm still waiting to do my big gigs, but it's like, hey, man, I'm going to put in the work. And uh, so my trajectory is like right there, you, you, you know, and that's uh, I'll definitely be back to uh, report on our own successes, you know. Love it. All right, James, appreciate you, my friend. Good to always talk to you. And before we go, can you tell people where to find you online and how can we support? Yeah, man, just follow uh, L.A. Street Art Gallery, man. L.A. Street Art Gallery. L.A. Street Art Gallery is the website. And that's it. You'll find everything if uh, you want to. <laughs> Love it. All right, bro. All right, peace, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Creative Haven Podcast and for taking the time to vibe out with me and my guest. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and give us a positive rating and review. Plus, feel free to share this episode with anyone you think would like it. You can also find more content, resources, and information at thecreativehaven.com and catch these episodes visually on youtube.com slash creativehaven. 
And if you want to collab and ask any questions, you can hit me up on Instagram at Mitchell Dumlau. Thanks again and keep positive. Continue to learn and hone your craft and create all day. Salamat. Do you want to learn how to create optimized video content to scale your company and brand? If so, we have an amazing online course and program that will teach you everything you need to train yourself or your in-house team on how to create video content like a professional, plus develop a solid content strategy and marketing plan in the process. We also give you templates to help you edit easily, equipment guides so you're not confused on what to buy, coaching calls with me, plus a whole bunch more so you get more than just an online course. Visit videocontentschool.com and sign up for our signature program, The Video Content Blueprint. Again, that's videocontentschool.com and our signature program is called The Video Content Blueprint. And start today and make optimized video content to grow your brand and company.